Welcome to the Grim and Glamorous Podcast, a podcast about pop culture and the paranormal. We are your hosts, Albie G, Andrea. In our second episode, we discuss retro and throwback trends from past decades, especially the 90s, things that we see in current fashion, television shows, and upcoming films. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Grim and Glamorous Podcast, and we are your hosts, Albie G, Andrea. Hey, guys. You know, for this second episode, um, we're going to change it up a little bit. So we're going to talk about sort of trends that we've been seeing in fashion and movies and um, sort of how there's this sort of throwback vibe to a lot of different decades and time periods, um, some 90s, some 80s. um, And that's something you've kind of noticed, right? Just the sort of retro throwback feel in a lot of different areas. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially in like clothing and stuff like i mean you walk in and there's all these like these throwbacks to the 90s plaids like um skorts i don't you i mean obviously you don't know what a skort is but like is it a skirt with shorts yeah (laughs) yeah a skirt with shorts um like those little mini backpacks um like i even saw like some holographic like shoes holographic like you know accessories and that was like pretty big like right right in the middle like of the 90s mm-hmm. so like every time I walk you know every time I walk by it I'm like oh my god this is like it 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 just makes me laugh because like there were some things in the 90s that were really cool looking or like you know some things that were trendy and then I'm like all right I'm okay with and then there's other things where I'm just like that needs to be locked away never to be seen again yeah (laughs) like (laughs) but um but yeah just you know everywhere you go i mean they brought back tamagotchis like tamagotchis was like a big thing in the 90s like everybody wanted a tamagotchi so so they're back do people actually use those i've i don't think i've seen somebody walking around with one i've seen i mean around me no but like I've seen a few people just like, you know. Maybe on their keys and their yeah, bag or on something. On their keychain. Like, I mean, nowadays it's like they probably have this like setting where like you can pause it. Like, I mean, I remember like when we first, Tamagotchi's first like came out, you couldn't pause it. So, like, you had to like, every time you heard it beep, you had to feed it or clean it or change it or whatever. But there was no like pause setting. It was, it was always running. It was always running. So, like, even if it was, like, 3 in the morning, you had, if you heard it beep, you'd wake up, and then you'd feed it or clean it or something like that. Just go back to bed. And then, like, I think, like, the newer ones, they added, like, a like a setting where you can pause the whole, the whole game. And I did have, like, maybe a year or two, maybe, like, a year or two ago. Like, I had this thing about, like, oh, my God, uh... Nano pets, Tamagotchi. So I did buy some on eBay, like fairly recently, maybe like within the last year or whatever. So I have some like throwback ones, but I don't have like a new one from like 2018. Okay. Maybe that's something but you can do. Maybe pick up a new one and see what it's I'm like. I'm 100% going to buy one. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would, so I, would be curi- I would be curious to see if it's really changed much or it's really, mm-hmm. you know that full nostalgia of like it's gonna operate just exactly like it did oh yeah um so yeah i think that's a good example of some things that are kind of coming back a little bit i would say um 
you know, that's the interesting thing about trends is that while they're happening, you're kind of like, okay, people, it's popular and people are using it. But I think um, you don't really imagine it being popular years later. Right. It's sort of like, okay, it's going to, it's going to be popular. It's sort of on people's minds and it's, you know. Maybe it's like, a, you know, for Christmas, people go crazy over toys and games. Mm-hmm. And yeah, every There are year. certain things that are really popular. But um, it's kind of with this idea that, oh, well, it's going to fizzle out. Um, you know, very rarely will there be a trend that just kind of sticks around for a long time. Mm-hmm. But um, we, are some see- we are seeing some things kind of come back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some, like, trends that you actually kind of like that are, that are back right now? Um, I definitely like the holographic thing. Like, I love the holographic backpacks. Um, I think I saw a pair of, like, holographic, like, platform shoes, which I'm totally into. Um, the plaids, I'm kind of like, take them or leave them, you know. I wore plaid maybe, like, the most, the majority of my childhood and end of, well, obviously, we went, we went to Catholic school. You didn't have to wear plaid, but I wore plaid right, the, the entire time. The uniform yeah. and, and all that. So, yeah. you know, take it or leave it. Like, you know, I guess it depends on the color. But um, a lot of pastels, a lot of pastels. Like, I used to hate pastels. I just didn't care. Now I don't mind. Like, that's my, like, aesthetic. I love pastels, like, in pink, purple, you know, stuff like that. Um fuzzy things like fuzzy sweaters fuzzy like I remember I want to say in like fifth grade or sixth grade um mom bought us this bought me she bought this jacket and it was a fur jacket like maybe like a sheep it wasn't like actual sheep it was like acrylic like a like a shearling like a shearling jacket got it on the inside right like no it was actually outside oh so it was like an outside like fuzzy it was red it was bright red and like i hated it (laughs) but now if i had it i would be really excited i would wear it all the time like (laughs) so like there's some things that i'm like okay way back in the 90s i hated but now today i'd be like oh i would kill to get it so i mean i guess it just depends on what it is like i'd i'd love to have like a like a old like Nintendo system, like the old Super NES, like I'd like to have that because like um, I don't think we had one. I think we had like a PlayStation or like, yeah, we had like a, we had a PlayStation. I don't think we had a Sega Genesis because I don't remember that. Um, But yeah, like the old, like the first ever, like probably like 89, 90 when like, Super NES came out. Like, I would want one of those. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you... I mean, I don't know if you really remember the 90s or not because you're younger than me, but... Yeah, the 90s, I was still pretty young. You know, there. I noticed, like, band t-shirts mm-hmm. um, are really... You know, I see them everywhere. And, you know, people are wearing them. They're in stores. Um, even some, like, high-end designers, they're doing, like, their mm-hmm. own spin on it. You know, it's got, you know, acid wash on it. 
Um, you know, denim, I think at the mm-hmm. time was very popular. You know, kind of will never go out of style. Like mm-hmm. there's just different, there's so many different ways you can use denim. Like, you know, you have jackets, you can have jeans, you can have, um, you know, denim, t- uh, you know, long sleeve shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many different things you can do with it in terms of like fit and color and washes that um, I think that's something that's just going to always be in. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's weird to see to see it trending in a major way again, because I think, you know, when you grow up in a certain time period, like there's always that element of nostalgia, um, nostalgia where um, you're always going to look back at that time like fondly and maybe perhaps mm-hmm. better than it actually was. But um, and so maybe you'll have a T-shirt from your favorite brand from your favorite band that you know, you'll wear, you know, whether it's in style or not. It's just something that you, you mm-hmm. always kind of have with you. But to see it on, like, a mass scale where, you know, pushing this, like, retro um, style. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not like everything you're wearing or everything people's we- people are wearing or you see on the runway or in magazines. It's not like it's full full on retro. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, elements of retro yeah. stuff are kind of sprinkled in. Yeah. But I'm surprised that it's not just one era. Like, it's not just the 90s. Like, it's 80s and a little 70s oh, yeah. also. Uh-huh. Like, there's different elements kind of put in there. And I think it just kind of looks interesting. And I don't know if that's good or bad interesting, but <laughs> the fact that I'm thinking about it and sort of, um, you know, so you it makes think... me think. I think that's actually kind of what, what they're trying to do is, like, make you kind of put a little bit of everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you like that mixture like do you like that or do you like think it's kind of like why are we mixing like 80s and 90s together or like you know elements of each era uh there's a fashion and style website online where they they talk about different trends Mm -hmm. and one of them that they're talking one of them that they're looking at is like flared jeans Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting because i feel like like, fashion for guys is very different than, like, for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, of course, like, gender, it shouldn't really matter. But um, I think, like, for guys, like, most of them are, it's going to be pretty straightforward. Like, fashion really doesn't change a lot. Like, there's some things that are in and some things that are yeah. out, certain colors. But, like, the silhouette of, like, the pants or it's going to be, like, it's, it's either skinny or relaxed. It's really mm-hmm. not going to change much. Like, I don't think flared men's jeans are really going to be a big hit. And even if they are, like, they're not going to buy them. No. They did, though. They did in the 70s. Like, that was, like, everybody had, like, a pair of bell-bottom jeans. Yeah. And, like, guys, girls, kids, like... Everybody had them. Everybody had them. So, like... Yeah, my issue is that I agree completely. Like, I think it's so 70s that when you wear them out now... Um, like if if I were to wear them, I feel like I would be like wearing a costume. Yeah. Because I would feel like I'm in the '70s, like mm-hmm. or trying to like, um, you know, directly mm-hmm. hit that vibe or channel that era. Mm-hmm. Um, girls can pull off a lot of different things, um, and you can combine them in certain ways where, like, as an outfit, it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that would be a big hit for uh, in GQ or. 
Can you anything? just imagine though if guys' bell bottom pants came back like, like if that was like that's it like, you know. Like that's that's yeah, what's like trending that, right this now. Is, this oh. is what we want again. Like we yeah. need to see them back, and just on the runway, like bell bottom jeans for guys, like. Yeah, I'm not. Would you I'm gonna, follow that that's trend, a, or would that's, you? That's a hard pass for me. That's a no. <laughs> like a Randy Jackson, American Idol. That's a no for me, dog. No. <laughs> um, I know. Same. I wouldn't. I mean, like, I I don't like the bell bottom jeans, on me anyway. Like, I'm fully about the skinny jean. Like, like that's just how they need to be and not in a big pair of relaxed fit flare jeans <laughs> like no i can't do it <laughs> yeah so um you know you mentioned the runway and i think that's uh, that's another interesting thing to, to talk about because um you know in fashion what you see on the runway is often like an exaggeration of what's going to be in the stores mm-hmm. right um, like very rarely will you see something in a fashion show that on its own is going to be, you know, a big hit. A lot Mm -hmm. of times it's just, like, the inspiration for their collections that are going to be, you know, available to purchase online or in stores. Um, And I'm looking at the trends. um, This is from Vogue's fall issue. And um, Mark Jacobs, for his his show for fall 2018, Mm -hmm. they're talking about how the 80s especially – were a big inspiration for him and looking at some of the pictures it's like very obvious oh it's like a color block yeah color blocking there's big broad shoulder pads Mm -hmm. um kind of like balloon pants or i don't know what you would call that they're parachute pants parachute pants Yeah. yeah it's very um like a large silhouette it's sort of like expansive um the colors are bright um now the jacket the jacket on this specific one, I like. But, see, from over here... Even with the pads, the shoulder pads, you'd wear that? Even with the shoulder pads, but also me, like, I would take them out. Like, I can't... Like, the shoulder pads would bother me. Just because they would be, like, sticking out. Because I'm I'm small. So, like, the shoulder pads would stick out, and it would bother me. But... Oh, that's so 80s. That was just... Oh, the one before that? Yes, that suit, that... Yeah, so we're looking at... Um, This is uh, from Adam Selman, Fall 2018. Uh, again, you can take a look at this online if you go to Vogue.com. There's um, their Fall 2018 trend reports, and you can click through and see some of the, the photos from the fashion shows that um, that we've had for Fall 2018, and... Um, it's pretty interesting to kind of just look through the pictures, yeah. but this one that we're looking at, it's um, it's like a black suit, um, high waisted pants, um, yeah, like kind of like parachute pants, uh-huh. um, like a red dress shirt with um, kind of looks like a tasseled necklace, it almost looks like a um, there's like some neo from the Matrix sunglasses. It looks like an '80s neo. Yeah. From the Matrix. You know what that reminds me of? You probably have never seen it. Like, the original um, Miami Vice. Like, the the suit with the shirt, with the colorful shirt. 
Like, that reminds me of Miami Vice. Yeah, like this one here. So this is um, from Balenciaga. Um, mm-hmm. That looks like Miami Vice. Like, it's a red uh, double-breasted jacket with a high collared maybe like is a that turtleneck like a, is that a, a yellow turtleneck? yellow turtleneck it's Turn a it this way so i can see bright it. yellow turtleneck with a red double breasted oh, yeah. jacket mm-hmm. uh black um visor sunglasses that looks like if there was going to be a new miami vice for 2018 <laughs> with this with, with the fashion trends going on right mm-hmm. now that looks like very mm-hmm. looks very miami yeah yeah, so I, there's some interesting pieces. That's kind of cool. That's Tom Ford. Um, um, it's like, a, I don't know how to describe this, like cheetah print. It's like p- a piecemeal. Um, it's very intricate uh, short dress. I can't see it very well. Let me see. Okay. It. So it's like animal, animal print, electric hued, um, electric colors. Uh, a short dress. It looks like a very, um, you know, it's very bright, very colorful, yeah. a lot of print, a lot of detail. Um, so, yeah, there's some interesting, interesting things. You know, we're looking at Tom Ford, Balenciaga, um, Mark Jacobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting to see some of these things because it makes me wonder will those exact items be like in stores mm-hmm. probably not or maybe a few of them but i know for their shows they mm-hmm. create these pieces that are one off so mm-hmm. it's just sort of to show off what the vibe is going to be like yeah um like that that specific dress that we're looking at right now i could see that like hanging at like macy's or something like maybe not macy's just- did Maybe sell not Tom Ford. I don't think so. No, but do you know what I mean? Not not specifically Tom Ford one. But oh, like, but like how the other designers yeah. kind of like do knockoffs. Of, yeah. Of so that. like a knockoff of that, quote unquote knockoff, would be that I could see hanging like yeah at Macy's or something like that. And that's that's a good, another good point too is that a lot of designers, you know, they'll have trends that are out for a certain year. I mean, certain season. So like fall twenty eighteen, spring summer. And what the the high-end designers, they have their sort of, you know, signature pieces for the season. But Mm -hmm. then everybody else sort of copies from each other. So you'll see several different places selling similar items. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you go to, like, fast fashion places Mm -hmm. like H&M, Zara, Forever 21, it's sort of, like, lower-end uh, affordable versions of those higher end pieces. Mm-hmm. So this is something, you know, the cheetah print, bright colors. Mm-hmm. That's something you would you might see, or you could see in stores, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, like maybe those like parachute pants. Like pants is like a weird thing for me sometimes because like I think at one point in fashion there was like the trend of like the gaucho pant. Where it was, like, a thin material, and it was, like, it wasn't at your knees, and it wasn't at your ankles. It was, like, in between. And it was, like, a thin, stretchy material. Normally came in, like, black or something like that. Almost wanted to be a skirt. That was a weird one for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I was, like, how do people like these? Like, I mean, maybe because they're comfortable. 
Yeah. Because the fabric, I mean, for sure, people, like, a lot of people will go for comfort over anything else. Like, I mean, I'm one of those people, but I'm not gaucho pant comfort. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. I think, like, comfort or, you know, they have this thing called athleisure now. So, you know, like yoga pants, stretchy materials, uh-huh. breathable fabrics. Um, like, those are actually really in. You know, like yeah. breathable sweatpants, um, mm-hmm. kind of stuff that you would see at like Lululemon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting that those have been on trend. Not even, I mean, not even trending. Like people will wear them just out. year year round, and it's been like that for the mm-hmm. past three or four years. Yeah. Um, and like that's not even a trend anymore. Like that's just like that's just those, those people. Just people's it's clothes. part of your basic wardrobe yeah. for some for some people. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that's interesting to kind of follow is that this sort yeah. of um, now you want to like look good, but also like feel comfortable mm-hmm. and something you can walk around in on a daily mm-hmm. basis. If you, I mean, if you're not if you're if you're going to work at an office, you know, you can't really wear athleisure. But, you know, for most other, you know, casual days or on the weekends, you know, you'll see that a lot. People going to the gym, you'll see mm-hmm. like um, stuff like that. It's weird that you bring that up, though, too, because there was. I don't remember the name of the company. Maybe you can look it up or something like this. But they had... Okay, I was going to say, that's why they invented the pajama jeans. I don't remember if you remember that infomercial of the pajama jeans. Where it was like jeans, but there were leggings. And they were made out of like a stretchy pajama material. Oh, jeggings. There were jeggings, but the actual thing... It was an as-seen-on-TV product called pajama jeans. And, like, you can wear them to bed, and they were jeans, but they were not jean material. They were pajama material. So they looked like jeans, but they, they were looked, pajamas. Did yeah. they fit like pajamas, like big and baggy? No, and... they fit like like, like, like tight jeans. And like... Is that comfortable to wear I mean, to like, sleep? But it, jeans? but it wasn't. I've worn jeans to bed because I've been so tired. On purpose or okay, On pur- ac- accidentally? Like accidentally. Like you like, were just like so tired. I was just like... watching like Netflix or something in you know like on my bed and I fell asleep and I woke up the next day okay but that's different than like (laughs) you didn't you didn't like come back from you didn't come back from work and you were just like oh you know it'd be really comfortable comfortable to sleep in like yeah exactly yeah yeah, okay no I didn't I didn't purposefully wear jeans to bed okay like (laughs) no but like these were supposed to be comfortable like if you folded the inside of that pajama jean, it was like a soft, like maybe like a sweatshirt material. And like, that was, I think, I don't know if it was like a big hit or not. Like I remember seeing them at like a CVS. Like okay. <laughs> with all the other S C N on TV products. With all the other S C N on TV products. That's going to be another show. You know, like, they have a store. About... They have a store yes. where you can buy S C N on TV products. I've been products. there. I've been to one. Show me. Where is that? There's one at the Lakewood Mall. There used to be one at, at the main place. I don't. I think they shut it down. Obviously, the one at the main place because that's what they do at the main place. They just shut everything down. Um, but yeah, like it's it cracks me up because like people actually like. I think that's where like the jeggings like came from. Like people didn't want to go and wear pajamas to work or you know whatever. So. They have, like, this stretchy, like, fabric 
where it's comfortable every day now to wear jeans. So, like, pretty much I think every, like, women's jean is made out of that, like, not really of that hard denim anymore. It's just, like, a stretchy, soft material. But I think that's only for jeggings. If you want denim, like, you know, you'll find, like, I mean, if you go to Levi's, I'm sure it's, like, hard denim. That's, like, pretty uncomfortable to wear, but also very fashionable. But um, there was a company that I kept seeing, like, ads for, like, online. And they made, like, a pajama suit. And I think it was for both men and women. And it was, like, I think their thing was, like, oh, have you ever just wanted to wear pajamas to work? But you have a corporate job. So, like, it was, like, a two-piece suit. They had both men and they had both women. And it came in, like, corporate colors, like, black, gray, maybe a brown, maybe like a tan. And they had a full like thing where you can buy pants. I don't remember if they had skirts or whatever, but I think it was mostly just pants and jackets. And they were just like pajama material. They're like, these are 100% comfortable. You can wear them in like corporate business meetings because that's like what they are. They're, it's a suit. Like you can get, but you can get a men's suit, a women's suit, but it's fully stretch, fully comfortable. You can wear them to bed. Hmm. Like they had shirts, and I was just like, they were actually expensive though too. Like I mean, expensive in a sense that it was like more than what you would actually pay for a pair of pajamas anywhere. But like, yeah, and it was just it cracked me up, and I looked and looked and looked at this website like for. A good amount of time like I was like I don't believe this I don't believe that you can get away if you're sitting there at a corporate job like trying to like make a deal at a business meeting and somebody looks at you and you're like are you wearing pajamas like do you know what I mean yeah I, but, I feel like uh, but you could fully get away with it that was the weird thing is that like it looked like a normal suit yeah and I don't remember the name of the company, and I wish I did, because, like, you could look it up and be like, okay, like, that's passable. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, um, yeah, I wonder how many, specifically for those pajama suit get-up, um, that wardrobe thing, mm-hmm. um, how many people will buy a product just to see if it's actually going to make good on what it claims to do? So, you know, out of curiosity... It's sort of like, let me buy this to see if it's actually mm-hmm. what it sa- what it is, what it says it does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I see that as, uh, you know, I, if I worked in an office, I don't think I'd be comfortable wearing pajamas because I think the whole time I would be um, concerned or like worried, like, do people know I'm wearing pajamas? Um I think that the whole time that's my what I would be thinking. Um, the, the other thing, too, is I think people don't care at some point. They're like, I'm just going to wear this. If somebody says something, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. on them. Um, but, yeah, there's um, – I'm looking at Harper's Bazaar right now as well, mm-hmm. um, and they're, they're showing what's trending for 2018, and – um, so there's three trends that I, I'm looking at right now that are kind of interesting. One is like, um, they're calling it the heartland. So a patchwork of different 
colors and materials and fabrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure why they're calling it the Heartland. Because when I think of the Heartland, I think of like the Midwest and yeah the central part of the U.S. And mm-hmm. do they wear a lot of patchwork clothing? But um, Maybe that's a stereotype. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it doesn't look bad. I think um, it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of colors and a lot of different blends of materials and fabrics in the same item of clothing. Like I'm looking at a jacket right now. It's like a long trench coat jacket and the two sleeves are different. Um, the bottom of it is different than the top. And there's like a waistband with a, di- a totally different color and uh, different pattern. And I think... That's the thing. It's like, it's interesting, but it doesn't look terrible, which I think is, you know, I think for fashion, that's a success when you can create something that's interesting that people just don't immediately hate. I think that means maybe it's trendy. I don't know. We'll we'll see if that takes off. Um, There's another trend right now for, um, for fall 2018 with, um, they're calling it the Savile Row influence. So um, the famous tailoring um, area in London. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have a lot of like fitted and tailored suits. Um, you're seeing a lot of like checked fabrics and sort of like British plaids, stuff like that. Um, I, I That's a trend I can get behind. I think um, the Brits have a good sense of style mm-hmm. and I've always yeah. liked some of their stuff. Um you know, Savile Row, they've got some great tailors there, some legendary suit makers there. And so um, to get some influence from that, I think is really cool to see. Um, there's another another trend for fall, winter this year. I'm um, like big, heavy parkas and jackets um, in, in big, uh, bright colors, um, sort of like a big, exaggerated silhouette. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something that could take off. We'll see if that's actually going to be yeah. a hit. Here in California, Southern California especially, I feel like some of those bigger jackets and heavier jackets, especially for fall and winter, I don't. sometimes they don't really take off here, but that's just mm-hmm. like because we're in L.A. Yeah, because there's nothing. It's it's It doesn't really get too cold. There's really no need for that unless you're going to the mountains or something. But mm-hmm. maybe more so on the East Coast, I'd be interested to see where that heads. Um but that's also, you know, these trends um, in and of themselves, um, it's a little bit different than the retro retro vibes that we're kind of getting as well. But that's also a part of it, too. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be an interesting, an interesting year for fashion, I think. Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, what are some stuff that you've seen on online... Um, in person, in stores right now, things that really make you shake your head and you're like, this looks like it's a terrible trend. It's, you know, I think you mentioned earlier, um, was it shoes that looked worn? Oh, yeah. I don't remember who made these shoes. I'll probably have to look it up. But it's like, I want to say it's like a pair of Vans. It's like a slip-on pair of Vans. And like, they come dirty they come with like um duct tape like around them with like holes and like they just look worn and they're like really super expensive and I don't remember what like 
designer it was. But people were, like, very upset about it because they were like, this is mocking, like, the homeless. Or it's mocking, like, people who can't afford, like, nice things. Because, um, because it's so expensive and it already looks like it's beat up and worn. So, like, I mean... I get, like, some people will wear, like, okay, you buy, like, a pair of, like, Converse or Vans or something like that, and you wear them, like, down to, like, nothing. Right. Like, they're barely holding on. But that's because you like that pair. Now, I don't really necessarily believe that, like, this company is, like, out to, like, make fun of homeless people or, like, make fun of people who can't afford, like, nice things. Like, that's not what they were trying to do. yeah, Yeah, I don't think that that was their intention. I think that their intention was, like, I don't know, maybe, like, trying to make a point of, like, that you could, like, really like something a whole lot, that you could wear it out, and it doesn't matter how much it costs, like. Okay. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you mentioned Converse, Mm -hmm. and um, a few years ago, I remember buying a pair of it was like a special edition of John Varvatos um, Converse. Mm-hmm. They were like Converse slip-ons, mm-hmm. but they were like distressed. They kind of had this like fraying. Um, they weren't super expensive. I mean, they were around maybe a hundred bucks, but I thought they looked really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, the collar's a little faded. It was kind of like a like a faded navy, and. They looked really, really cool. Like they looked distressed, but they didn't look dirty or, or old. Oh, or, I remember or worn. those shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know John Varvatos has some interesting stuff, and a lot of his clothing, they do have that kind of effect, like distressed, like the denim is distressed, mm-hmm. um, you know, faded colors. It kind of has that like rock star chic vibe a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, you know I that was not what we're talking about in terms of like these shoes because these shoes looked like worn and dirty and like with duct tape yeah it it, it wasn't kind of like the normal distressing you would see mm-hmm. with like levi's or anything mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i don't know if i could see myself wearing those or you know what the appeal is of those mm-hmm. um you know Besides the fact that they're like expensive and maybe these mm-hmm. these are like these shoes or this brand is known for having expensive things. Yeah. And so people are kind of like getting behind mm-hmm. that trend because it's sort of. OK, this is what they are. It's called the Superstar Taped Sneaker by Golden Goose. And they're five hundred and thirty dollars. And it says it's described as crumply. Hold it all together. Tape details. Oh, crumply. Hold it all together, tape details a distressed leather sneaker in a retro low profile with a signature sidewall star and a grungy rubber cup sole. And they just, yeah, they're pretty bad. Like, it's got a big strip of, like, just duct tape, duct tape on it. And they're just like, no. <laughs> Would you wear those? No, I wouldn't wear them. Like... I'll wear my shoes down to, like, you know, nothing, but also not not that much. With these, they're intentionally, like, worn yes, and dirty. they're sold and... looking pretty awful. Okay. So, yeah, I think stuff like that, you know, I always wonder if 
it's just for the gimmick Mm -hmm. and the attention. I think we live in an age where they say any press is good press. Mm -hmm. And I think they did get a lot of attention for this item. And I think, you know, sadly, that's like kind of the age we live in where people Mm -hmm. will do stuff or brands will do stuff just to get views and clicks and Mm -hmm. likes and even like controversy. So even if Mm -hmm. there's been some negative press about this brand and this item that they're selling, Mm-hmm. You know, it's just more attention for them and more money for them. Do you think that sort of this was just sort of a gimmick for them? Yeah, I think so. It said in the article that I read that like in like 2016, they had maybe a similar pair of shoes, you know, that were like pretty much the same. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's like intentional. I think maybe it's like to prove a point because sometimes like some pieces of fashion will mock itself. Do you know what I mean? So, like, maybe if there's, like, a purse out there that's, like, pretty ugly, like, and it's, like, super expensive, like, rich people will buy it. Rich people will buy it because it's very expensive and it's from a brand that, like, they like. So, I mean, it doesn't matter how much it costs, they'll buy it because it's, you know, because it's expensive. I think that's that brings up another um, important point here is that You know, there's a big difference between being, like, stylish and being uh, expensive. Mm -hmm. And I think people get confused a lot of the times. Um, Like, one trend that I'm not a big fan of that I see a lot right now is, uh, like, super big logos and, like, obnoxious, like, emblems for, like, some of these designers. Mm -hmm. Um, like there's this shirt that I saw the other day. Uh, it's like a, it's a Gucci t-shirt and it's probably like $300, $400. And it just says Gucci in big, bold letters, like across the shirt. And it's got their big gold, like G logo on there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I like, I like Gucci. I don't think I own anything of theirs, but you know, they have some nice stuff, but I've always been under in the school of thought that says like it's like the subtle details and the craftsmanship Mm -hmm. for a lot of designers and some of my favorite um, fashion people like the quality of the materials will speak for itself um, how well made it is the durability um, do they create their items like in in an ethical way Mm -hmm. Um, you know I try not to purchase stuff from designers or places that, you know, are known to, like, abuse or mistreat workers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some designers that have made, you know, controversial or racist statements. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, unsubscribe, unfollow. I won't buy any of their stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the trends right now is that, you know, people will wear, you know, like, belts or shirts or jackets um, or have bags with like the just it there's really nothing special about the item. It's just the logo that says Gucci or Prada. And I don't think there's anything creative about that, but people will like it because they just want people to they want other people to know, oh look, I have this expensive mm-hmm. shirt, I have this expensive item. Yeah. Like that's not creative and that's not, you know, style. But people will think, oh, like, this is stylish because it's expensive. Because it's expensive. You know, I think a good um, stylist, and I've worked for um, designers. I've interned at a lot of places when I was in New York. Um, 
you know, I was like an apprentice to this designer um, who had a shop in the garment district Mm -hmm. and super great experience. And one thing I learned from him was that, you know, a good stylist can pull out and put together an outfit from anywhere, like Mm -hmm. can take pieces that are, you know, uh, can take pieces that are inexpensive and pair them with, um, you know, more expensive items, can combine uh, colors and fabrics and looks and can piece together something no matter the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a good stylist can go to Target and pull out some items that look good yeah. and mix it with some high-end items from a showroom. And and they put it together and it looks great. And, um, like, that takes skill and that takes... Um, an artist's eye to, mm-hmm. to, to be able to do that mm-hmm. but to slap on a t-shirt that's five hundred dollars and it just has it just says you know gucci yeah um to me that's tacky um so that's one trend that i don't really like right now mm-hmm. um but what's interesting is that was trendy also i think like early 2000s people were doing that mm-hmm. and that sort of came back um, so my hope is that maybe that's one thing that will go away in the mm-hmm. next year or so. But um, have you seen that a lot? Like people will wear, you know, obnoxious logos. Um, I actually kind of saw it today. Like, I mean, it wasn't like a super like it wasn't like Gucci or anything. Like somebody came in today and they wore a it was a Levi's fanny pack. And you know how like on Levi's it has a little red tag on the side and it says Levi's. Yeah, that's sort yeah. of like their iconic yeah, tag, their yeah. little iconic tag. Well, their fanny pack was just a red fanny pack that said Levi's on it. And I thought about it and I was like, oh, that reminds me, you know, that's going to remind me of, you know, their tag on the back of their jeans. But also, like, well. Did you like it? I mean, did it look good I mean, or? It was okay. I mean, it was just a red fanny pack. Yeah, so, so, so <laughs> kind of simple. Plain, yeah, plain, simple, yeah. plain. Like, I mean, maybe if you're wearing denim, then maybe, like, you can, like, yeah. What 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 else were they were they wearing? Um, I think they were just wearing like a t shirt. Okay. And they weren't even wearing the fanny pack as like a fanny pack. It was just like held like over their head, like, you know. So they weren't even wearing their fanny pack correctly. It was just kind of like on top. But um. Yeah, like. Yeah, and as we're talking about this, and we're looking at the trends online, I'm seeing an ad for Saint Laurent. Um. And the bag in the ad is just, it's just a bag, um, kind of like a quilted leather bag. And there's a big YSL badge on it, just like this huge logo. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I'd buy there's, that. There's no mistaking. Oh, you would buy that? <laughs> I would 100% I buy mean, that. at least it looks like the material looks interesting. Like it's quilted. Um, it's, it's shiny. It's probably like a lambskin, probably like a leather. Yeah, it looks um, like it's pretty well made, but there is that big ysl logo just slapped on the front of it in case you didn't already know that this bag is very well made and expensive like i know in case you didn't know that let me just (laughs) let me just slap that logo on there like i know you say that you hate it i don't hate that bag but i i think just that trend in general like if that was just a plain bag Uh nothing special about it like it like i don't know i mean just the way that bag is like i would buy it because I'd be like, all right, I have the money to spend on this huge purse. I want everybody to know <laughs> what who made this bag. But oh. that's just me. Like, 
So our conversation right now just reminded me of um, there's a lot of controversy over a bag that was made by Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. And um, so it was a backpack okay. made, made out of alligator skin. Okay. Uh, the bag was $55,000. But on this bag were pills like um, like faux pharmaceuticals like glued all over this okay. bag. Uh-huh. Um and it was controversial for several reasons. Like this was 6 years ago, but I remember when this this bag came out, people were upset for multiple reasons. One was like just how expensive this bag was in like on just how expensive <laughs> it was in general, like $55,000. That's a car. Yeah. It's a that's a luxury car. Yeah. Um, I mean that's not like a, a Rolls Royce or anything, but um, no, that's like you know a that's a, like a Mercedes E Class or something yeah. like that. Um, Fifty five thousand dollars, and so you know, alligator skin is expensive, and you know whatever your ethics are on that. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. don't like using real um, animal products uh, in fashion, and that's one, you know, one debate that's going on right now, and people get really. Uh, upset about that but um to use alligator skin on it when you're making something is expensive and you know so there was that but um also just that there's like pills on it and like sort of the message that that sent um Mm -hmm. uh so some people were saying that they were kind of um critiquing America's like over reliance on pharmaceuticals and like the health industry and healthcare and um so there was that side of it too that people were kind of like this is in poor taste but um yeah the other thing too was that um people were just like is this worth like on its face value like is this thing worth $55,000 because there are some expensive bags out there, right? Like, there's some oh, yeah. that are, like, really expensive. I remember yeah. um, Shane Dawson's video that he did on um, his profile on Jeffree Star. Mm-hmm. And he has some bags that are pretty expensive. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it's a, there's a lot of, like, Hermes bags that are just, like, 35000 Like, I think they're the famous, like, Birkin bags. Right. Um, and those are almost, like, collect- collector's items now, they're right? They're, like, they're... I think I've maybe seen one in person. Like, like there was a lady, okay, at my work, and she was paying for, you know, she was paying for a drink. And the counter was kind of, like, wet, kind of, like, it probably had some, like, like, a coffee spill on it, a couple drops. But I don't really think she was paying attention. Like, she had a white Hermes Birkin bag, you know, alligator and I could tell, like, what it was because I know the shape of it. And she opened it, and I could see the little, like, embossing of, like, the brand. So she opened it, and she was, like, pulling out her wallet. And I was thinking as I was standing there, I was like, oh, please don't put your bag on top of that stain. Please don't put it on top of that. Please don't put it on top of that. It's wet. Like, I wasn't going to warn <laughs> warn her, but also, like, I didn't want her to do it. Like, I was like, oh, maybe telepathically, like, I could just, like... Wait, what? So you saw her about to put this really yeah. expensive bag in a yeah. bottle of coffee? It was uh. more of, like, a drop. I had seen it last minute 
So, like, it wasn't like, I was like, oh, like, like you know, ha this lady's going to put her purse on coffee. I was and like, oh, wait, eye. like, don't. Hopefully she, like, misses it. And I think she did. I think she missed it by, like, a centimeter or something like that. But it was, like, a bright white, like, allig- uh, probably, like, an alligator. That's, like, you know, that's the worst to, that's going to show on that. Oh, yeah. And so, like... And I knew it was an Hermes. I mean, because, like, I've, I've seen, like, these giant Chanel bags that people will carry around. Like, I've seen the Hermes bag. I've seen, like, these, you know, uh, huge, like, Louis Vuitton bags that people will have. Like, I saw a little kid the other day in these Balenciaga, like, tennis shoes. Like, a little kid. And, like, those those brand new trendy ones. The ones with, like, the big, like, arch in it. Like, have you seen those? Yeah, so there's that's another thing that some of these designers are doing now. Um, they're doing like high end, um, athletic like sneakers. Yes. So like Balenciaga. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Probably Gucci. Like I think Gucci um, has a pair. Gucci, Prada. Like it's kind of um, it's interesting because they're the shoes don't look great. Like you know no. there are some sneakers that. You know, whatever brand you, you of your, you know, your favorite sneaker, pair of sneakers is, um, you know, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, um, New Balance. Um, a lot of times those sneakers don't look terrible. Like, they're just, like, plain shoes. Mm-hmm. You can wear running. They're kind of casual. Yeah. But these, like, that some of these designers are doing, it's, like, bright colors and they're, like, overly geometric or overly, like, just, like, the silhouette is, like you know kind of uh exaggerated um they are noticeable Mm -hmm. but also like when you see them i've seen i've I've seen them a few times in um people are wearing them and you kind of don't really know what they are at first because they just look interesting and there's no like you can't really tell by looking at them like oh those are balenciaga sneakers but yeah and it's like uh, a sock too it's not like they're like you lace it up with laces or anything, you just pull it on. It's like a sock. Like Yeah, they're like knitted uh, yeah. knitted materials. Um Nike has some stuff like that too. How much do you think they are? I'm gonna guess like six hundred, seven hundred. Yeah, you can buy them at Neiman Marcus for seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I've seen a few of them, and I don't think they look great. I probably wouldn't wear them even if I had them. You know? Yeah, I mean, like... And do people go running in those? Like, that? I'm curious if, like... Because they look like they're running or athletic shoes. That's what I thought. I'm like, how would these do, like, in a marathon? Like, I don't see any, like, athletes, like, going out and buying a Balenciaga pair of athletic shoes and gonna go run like you know the boston marathon or yeah no they're they're using they're using using nike they're using adidas or or something like that you know so um i don't know somebody wrote why i chose this the neiman marcus comfortable and a great design several brands tried to copy the sneaker but they're still far away yeah i remember um i took a a fashion class when I was in New York and it was about like trends and different brands and marketing and the interesting thing about this class was um, 
So the teacher was like a 40-year, 50-year veteran of the industry. He mm-hmm. had worked for Louis Vuitton, and he had retired and uh, was teaching this class. And he was saying that he's always surprised by how expensive some some items are when they're really poorly made. Mm-hmm. And he said that just speaks to how important marketing is because people will believe that certain items are better than they actually are. Mm-hmm. Um and he named a few brands that were kind of underrated, but were um, like phenomenal quality. Um, one of them was like Loro Piana. So it's um, they make like coats and jackets and you'll see them at like Bloomingdale's mm. or Neiman Marcus. Um, and they also work with other um, they build um, they create their own fabric. So they have fabric mills in like oh, wow. in Italy. And they'll use their own like custom fabrics for their clothes, but they also sell their fabrics to other designers. So some designers, when they're making their jackets, will mm-hmm. use their materials because they're so well made. And he was saying that their clothes are very underrated because mm-hmm. people don't really know about them unless you're like very on top of fashion. Yeah. Um, but he said there are other brands and he didn't he wasn't specific. Um, I think he was just being polite because he mm-hmm. didn't really want to. Yeah pick on certain brands because people have their favorites and um he was saying some brands like they'll sell items that are very expensive but he can tell just by looking at them that the quality is not there the materials are Mm -hmm. you know not the best but because this brand is so well known and I thought that was a very good point because I think there are some brands where you know oh like it's made by you know so and so therefore it must be good Mm -hmm. Um, and then when you look at the tag and you look at the materials and you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. it's not that great. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think that's one important thing. And maybe some people don't care. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, I like this. I'm going to buy it, you know, um, props to them, you mm-hmm. know, and they have that, that, but I think that, you know, for some people when they're buying stuff, mm-hmm. you want to make sure you get your money's worth. Yeah. Especially exactly. when it's that expensive. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're buying some stuff that's you know like a like a big like like a jacket or a suit um or a bag, mm-hmm. you know, you want to make sure that the money you're spending is going to be, you know, well spent. Yeah. Um have you ever bought anything where um it just falls apart like r- right away or it doesn't it doesn't really hold up? The I was going to say that like this is probably one of the reasons why I don't buy, like, stuff from Victoria's Secret. Because I find that, like, their stuff doesn't last. Like, I know everybody will go crazy over, like, the 25 underwear for, like, $10 or something like that at Victoria's Secret. But, like, they do not last. Put them in the washer, like, once or twice. And it's already just... Like, frayed and... Torn apart. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, like, they're supposed to be, like, a good, like, well-known brand. But also, like, their stuff is just not quality. And that's why I don't purchase their stuff. I think they always have that sale because there's always people buying them because they never last that long. Right. I think um, that's one thing about, you know, just... And not even just fashion or clothing, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, a lot of things today, like electronics, mm-hmm. um, you know, you buy it and 
you know, very shortly after it's going to be worn out or it's going to break. And so you kind of have to buy another one. Yeah. And it just sort of feeds that cycle of, um, you know, okay, in about a year, I'm going to, you know, have to buy another one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that that explains kind of why they, why it's so cheap. Then. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're talking about, you know, retro nostalgia in fashion, but I think it also crosses over to movies mm-hmm. and television, yeah, entertainment. Um, you know, one thing I'm noticing right now, especially, um, you know, for horror movies in particular, um, you know, Halloween. Um, so they're doing another one uh, with Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Um the uh the predator which is out right now in theaters um it's sort of like a remake or a mm-hmm. revisit of of that movie from the 80s and um i think um we're seeing this a lot in in hollywood right now just sort of either remakes or re you know revitalizing things from the past um are are there any shows or like movies that you've watched or you're a fan of that you've kind of seen take off again or um um i know that they like redid will and grace now i remember yeah, will and grace did. from like a long time ago and it was like when i was a kid it was like really funny um i haven't seen the updated version of the uh will and grace but um there's another show i think i saw it and it's on netflix right now what they did was they took the original show and then they based it on the children that they had in the show. So, like, what it was oh, is, was like, it, uh, Boy Meets Full- World. Oh, do you I remember was going to say Fuller House. Do you remember Boy Meets World? I do, yeah. At all? Okay, so they, um, obviously, like, Corey and Topanga had, like, kids. Right. And now the show is based on their kids. Their kids. Okay. Like, they're still in the show. But um, I think it's a Disney Channel na- show now. Okay. So, like... It's still got that, you know, that family-like thing. But now it's more of a Disney Channel show, an ABC, you know, sitcom. So it's got a little bit more of the uh, goofy elements like that. Just like the Disney show kind of environment and atmosphere. Yeah. Like very fun, know, lighthearted, jokey. Yeah, where, like, you know, um, kids are disrespectful to, the, <laughs> disrespectful to the adults. And the principal. And yeah, all that stuff. and, like, everything yeah. like that. So... Um, it's like nothing has changed. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna say there's also Fuller House. So yeah, Fuller um, House on Netflix. It's sort mm-hmm. of um, some of the original cast. Um, they're back. Actually, most of the original cast is back, and they do appearances. Yeah. Um, you know, we mentioned Mary Kate and Ashley mm-hmm. Olsen earlier for their their pill bag that was mm-hmm. controversial, but they um, they're not in in Fuller House. No, I think the only. Yeah, they're not in it, and also I believe the twins, because I think Jesse and Becky had twins, but I don't think they're in it. I think they made like an appearance, and I yeah, th- I don't even re- I don't even remember them as characters. I think in they were the the, the Sprouse twins, but I don't. I think they made like an appearance once, but I don't think it was them okay. who played them. But they weren't like crucial characters, like um, you know, like. Like the Bob dad. Saget. Like Bob and, Saget, yeah. Um, no. John, uh, what's his name? Stamos. John Stamos. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the important characters minus... Um, Mary Kate and Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. They're all there. They're all there, yeah. So it, it feels very much mm-hmm. like it's like they're back for this show. Yeah. 
Um, and that one too, I think, ha- sort of has like this family, like lighthearted vibe to it. It's very yeah. like uh, family friendly mm-hmm. and like kids can watch it. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, I feel like actually, because I've seen, obviously I've seen both. I've seen Full House and I've seen Fuller House. Mm-hmm. And I think Fuller House has that still that same element to it. It's very family friendly. It's very like lighthearted. I mean, like, um, yeah, I feel it's it's got it's the same thing. It's corny. I feel like it's the same. Just like you know that the dad lives somewhere else now. So <laughs> yeah. Um. So there's there's those shows. I think that's one thing that um, anytime you see like a revival or something that was out beforehand, Mm -hmm. there's this challenge of keeping it relevant and um, fresh for today's audience and like today's environment. And so I think they try different things to to see if it's going to land. Yeah, it's it's weird to see that with like, especially with like a reboot or a a revamping of an old show because... um, you know, there's the issue of how do you get people excited again? Because I think that, mm-hmm. you know, one but one um, one positive that you have when you're doing a reboot or a revisit is that people are already familiar with the brand and the show and the characters. Mm-hmm. And so if you have fans from before, they're probably going to tune in to see how it is. Yeah. But at the same time, there's that challenge of how do you get it um, to be a hit and how do you get it to land in today's environment? Mm-hmm. Because... Um, Especially if it's a really popular show, there's going to be these expectations that it's going to be great. Uh Um, You know, I'm trying to think of shows that I liked, um, that if they were to redo it or Uh kind of revamp it. Uh um, You know, I'm thinking of like, you know, a big fan of like Friends. They've always talked about maybe doing like a movie. Uh I think like they're just better off not doing that because... Uh There are going to be huge expectations for, you know, how good that movie is going to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just, just the nature of, like, fandom mm-hmm. right now is that, um, you know, certain shows or certain movies, actors, um, their fans are just so, like, you know, oh, the, the quality's good, the content's mm-hmm. good, and then... You know, if you reboot it later on, mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, well, you killed it. Like that whole thing with sequels. Yeah. There's that old saying, like, um, if you shoot, a, if there's a good movie, um, you know, the purists are going to be like, just let it be. Don't do mm-hmm. a sequel. It's going to, the sequel is going to suck. Um, and then they'll, you know, if it made a lot of money, they're probably going to do a sequel to yeah, in today's, exactly. in today's Hollywood. But, um. Yeah, there are some movies where it's just like they do a sequel and it's like, ugh, they shouldn't have done it. Every time. Like, I think Disney was making a bunch of sequels for like a long time. Like, I think there's a sequel probably for every Disney classic movie out there now. Just straight to straight to VHS. Yeah. Like, I mean, and some of them, just not good. Mm-hmm. There was no need to make a Pocahontas sequel. There was a no need to make, like, I don't know, a, um, I think there's a couple Cinderella sequels. I mean, yeah, go ahead and make a live action version. That's cool. Like, to go and revisit the story, but with, like, real people, that's cool. Like, I really like how Disney did that for, like, 
The Jungle Book. The Jungle Book was a really, really good one that they did their live action for. Um, I didn't see Cinderella. I saw Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, the Beauty that and was the Beast good. One. That one was good. It was a little, like, is a little underwhelming for me. Um, like, I think the, some of the, some of the, uh, like, the teapot and, like, some of those characters were a little like, hmm, they could have done better. But, you know, like the majority of it, like the whole movie, like it was great. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of movies out there that have these sequels and they're just awful. They're just bad. Um, I think the best Disney one that they had was like a whole trilogy for a, like Aladdin. They had Aladdin, the original. Then they had Aladdin, um, the second one. I don't remember what the second one was called. And then I think there was a third one, Aladdin and like the Prince of Thieves or something like that. And those were actually pretty good. Like those, those were actually had some good stories in there. Yeah. So sometimes it does work out. Like there are some good ones. Yeah. There are um, some good ones. Yeah. I think, um, when you see, um, a revamp of like an old classic, you're always um, kind of um, on edge to see how great it's mm-hmm. going to be. Um, but then sometimes when it does turn out, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. it was actually worth the gamble a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm thinking of Twin Peaks. Um, oh, yeah. You know, a cult classic. People mm-hmm. loved it. Um, probably should have lasted a lot longer than it actually did. Mm-hmm. Was it? It was like two seasons, right? Two seasons and then they had like... Of like a movie, yeah, I believe, yeah. And so uh, they brought it back last year, and it's been a huge hit, and a lot of people really like it. And um, I did see the original, the original series, mm-hmm. and then I've seen a little bit of the new one. It does a good job of staying new and fresh, and sort of keeping that old vibe as well. Um, but then again, like, I love David Lynch. I think he's... Mm-hmm. Yes. David Lynch is a genius, and he's got some great work. Um, Mulholland Drive is one of my favorite movies because it's just so thought-provoking, and it's non-linear, and it's sort of... Um, you have to piece it together. Mm-hmm. Um, Blue Velvet was good as well. Um, Dune... So Dune was was when it came out, not very popular, but sort mm-hmm. of as time has gone on, people have sort of revisited that that movie, and um, you know that one was a book, and mm-hmm. then they adapted it to the the film version, and you know there was that challenge of you know how do we make this book um, into a movie mm-hmm. while being as good as it as the book, um, you know that's always a challenge as well. But I really like David Lynch, and I think he's mm-hmm. done some great stuff. Oh yeah. So it wasn't a surprise when I found out that he's directing. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. When I heard that, I was like, okay, they're going to be okay. And it's going to turn, it, it's mm-hmm. gonna turn out right. good. Um, and that one in particular, I think, really helped. Because people loved the original one. And mm-hmm. so now that it's back, um, it's good to see that it's, it's getting the attention that it mm-hmm. deserves. Um, but yeah, are there any, anything that you're watching right now that you think is pretty good or... Right now, I haven't, like, really been watching too much TV. I mean, like, the only time, like, I'll watch TV is, like, when I'm watching, like, Law & Order SVU. And 
I mean, that's been on for 20 seasons. And I think I've seen probably a total of like 18 seasons, maybe. Maybe less than that. Maybe like 14 or 15. Yeah, Law and Order is just never ending. The I think the guy, at, what's his name? Something Wolf. Dick Wolf. I think that's his name. Um, he's coming out with a new Law and Order series, which is, I think, Law and Order True Crime or something like that. So they're like actual real stories, I believe. So I can't wait to see that because that's going to be really good. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about Law and Order is that there's so many um, there's so many different versions of it like there's svu Mm -hmm. there's um the original law and order and then they have law and order svu um i can't think oh there's law and order um was it criminal intent yeah i think criminal intent yeah yeah you know i'm not really as into law and order as you are i know you Mm -hmm. watch it a lot there's something about those stories like it's just like because i know a lot of times they'll base it off of events that have happened Mm -hmm. really yeah you know recently which i think is kind of cool it, it, you know, it makes you think a little bit about current events, but um, just some of those cases are just so, like, if it's on, maybe I'll, I'll sit through an episode, but um, yeah. I have a few friends that are really into it, and I'm like, I can't, I can't watch and it. I think it's because sometimes, like, the characters, like, sometimes the, the writers will throw in, like, in, to make it, like, I mean, I know it's supposed to be all serious and, like, you know, pulled from the headlines and all this stuff. But sometimes the writers will, like, throw in, like, a one-liner for, like, iced tea or something like that. Like, they'll give him, like... He has some good, like, he has some good lines. Yeah, yeah. like, they'll, they'll give him, like, a good one-liner or, like, uh, they'll have, like, a scene where it's just, like, you know, like, a, like an action scene where it's just a little cheesy. So I think I watch it because of that because sometimes you can just, like... I want to say, like, in... Seasons like in that mid like seven, eight, nine, ten, season eleven, twelve, like right in between, like there are some like there's some episodes where you're just like they had a serious face on on them, like when they wrote this out or when they were like reading this at the table read, like <laughs> they were reading this and going, really, like Finn says what, like you know. Benson's doing what? Like, what's happening? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they'll throw in, like, a like a, a little twist, like, here and there. So right. I think that's why I like it. It kind of reminds me of, like, Grey's Anatomy a little bit. Um, it's another show that has gone on for such a long time. I'm not even sure if it's still... Is Grey's Anatomy still... I think Grey's Anatomy is still on. I don't remember what season they're on, but... So, uh, Grey's Anatomy is about to start season 15. Oh, wow. I think what's going to happen to that, like, it, sort of Law and Order is maybe mm-hmm. has done the same thing where it's primetime's version of daytime television. Because in daytime, like, daytime soaps, like, um, Days of Our Lives, that type of... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um... They've been around forever, and all they do is just um, when one season ends, they bring in some new cast members, but like yeah. the show is still around, and they'll rotate people in and out. I think that's what sort of um, 
sort of these shows are doing now. When That's they're, when they're it, around for when they've been here for so long. Yeah. You know, people come and go based on mm-hmm. their contracts, based on other commitments, but um, it's sort of like, man, these are going to be here forever. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's how they keep it, like, interesting, is that they'll rotate the cast out. Mm-hmm. And they'll add new stories. They'll add, like, you know. Yeah. Um, there's one more revival I kind of wanted to talk about was um, The X-Files. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, that's You right. know, they had, uh, I think it was season 10, season mm-hmm. 11. Um, so season 11 ended March of this past year. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when they announced the X-Files was coming back. I was very excited because I was a big Mm -hmm. fan growing up. I know um, you used to watch it as well Mm -hmm. when it was around. Um, That was like 90s for sure. Yes. And um, when they announced that it was coming back, I was like, okay, let's see how this is because um, the X-Files has such a huge fan base, which I didn't even know. You know, I know it was mm-hmm. big, but yeah. I didn't know that people really followed the show. They really liked the characters, Mulder and Scully. Um, and um, it kind of got some mixed reviews, um, generally positive. But um, mm-hmm. I think the first episode for season 11, people were kind of not impressed at all. Really? As the season went on. Uh, it got some more fav- favorable ratings. Hmm. Um, but that was one where when it started, I was just like, oh, man, I really hope that they, um, you know, it gets back on track. And it mm-hmm. did. You know, Jillian Anderson is a great actress. Mm-hmm. And yeah. She's been there for a, a long time. And um, she's kind of one of those people where her role in that is so iconic. You know, um, David Duchovny as well. Mm-hmm. You just see them as the uh, FBI agents in that mm-hmm. role where you're just kind of like, that's that's them, you know, that's part yeah. of the show and that's part of that role and mm-hmm. they'll always have that with them. But, um, yeah, I think that's another show that has, like, just this big following behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like watching. It used to be on Netflix. I think they took it off recently. You used to be able to watch The X-Files on mm-hmm. Netflix. Um, but I think it's it, that's one where I think I actually want to buy... Those early seasons, season one, two, three, and four. Like, there's some good classic episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's the one with the um, the smoking man, and he's sort of trying to give Mulder clues about what's going on. Um, trying to think of another episode that I really liked. Uh, <laughs> there's this one where the guy can, like, for, can uh, see the future, and it's... Um, I don't know if you watched um, Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. The yeah. dad, uh, Raymond's dad. I forget his, the actor's name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Peter Boyle. So mm-hmm. there's an episode of The X-Files with Peter Boyle from Everybody Loves Raymond. And he can kind of see the future and predict what's going to happen. But it's only like when people die. Mm-hmm. He like will try to predict like lottery numbers. So he's kind of psychic. Like he tries to buy a lottery ticket and all the numbers are off by one. And he just, like, drinks, and he's, like, depressed, and um, he ends up saving um, Scully's life. There's, like, a there's like a fight scene at the end um, where this killer's on the loose, and he's after Scully, and um, he, like, alters events so that way she and Mulder survive. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that, there's some there's some good episodes there where you're just kind of like even if you have no frame of reference for what happened before you can just watch an episode um but yeah definitely uh definitely a big x-files fan let's also talk a little bit about this halloween movie that's coming up um uh, so in this, uh, so this is kind of like a reboot, um, a revisit of the Halloween movie classic. Mm-hmm. Um, so forty years ago was when the first one came out, mm-hmm. and that was another movie where, you know, the first one is just such an iconic movie, um, especially amongst horror horror movie enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, they made several sequels, and I think that was one where people were like, well, how good are they going to be? And there's some debate over which yeah. ones were the best, but um, but this is one where it looks interesting because it looks like, I think the movie's playing off this, and also that 40 years ago, this, in the movie, I guess, mm-hmm. like, oh, Michael Myers first came around 40 years ago, and so um, Jamie Lee Curtis her character is sort mm-hmm. of like I've been waiting for this waiting for I've been expecting him to come back I know he's going to be back um so there's like you know in the trailer she's kind of preparing for the inevitable mm-hmm. you know she's at a gu- uh, um she's at a firing range and practicing her shot and um you know not just like the fact that it's a horror movie not the fact you know it's a scary movie but um it's sort of hitting on that nostalgia as well Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some movies now are definitely try to try to hit on that, and especially the um, the shows we've kind of mentioned earlier. Um, they do kind of want to get their old audience back a little mm-hmm. bit, and so oh, they yeah. have some nods to to the originals. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that those original like Halloween fans and the fans who are, you know, diehard horror film fans are gonna go out and you know see this. Um, like, I, I want to say, like, the horror movie industry is, like, a big deal. Like, I mean, there's, there are a lot of people who just love horror films. And, like, you know, they'll get, like, I mean, one of the ladies that I work with, like, she has a full sleeve of, like, Jason and Freddy and Michael Myers and, like, just on her. She just loves horror films. Right. So, I mean, like... Yeah, there's definitely it's, a big following. Yeah, there's a big following, and, like, there's a lot of money in that. Like, yeah. you come up with a good st- story that's, like, a classic like that, I mean, like, you're set for life. Like, I mean, your franchise will grow. Right. And, I mean, like, even even if it's not that great. I mean, even if it was really good before and then not that great, like, it. Um, what is it? Child's Play? I think the original movie is called Child's Play. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, about, like, Chucky, that that doll. And, um, yeah, like, I mean, the originals were, like, so good. And then they started getting, like, silly and weird. And then, like, you know, Chucky gets married. And then, like, Chucky's kid. Like, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, I think that's definitely true that if there's one success, um, you know, a movie, uh, a film or a show where people really like it, they do definitely try to expand on it. Um, You know, they just came out with um, The Nun. So that's another Mm -hmm. horror movie that was released this year. And um, it's a spinoff of The Conjuring. So it's in that universe Mm -hmm. of 
the same characters. Um, the nun character is mentioned or appears a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so they took that and ran with it and they made it its own movie. And so it's really interesting to see that, you know, The Conjuring was, you know, it's a popular horror movie. Mm-hmm. They've made it a, a sequel um, and they're expanding that. But to see it expand to not just um, within The Conjuring, you know, set of movies, but now it's sort of like The Nun and that can have another spinoff. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, that's another movie that people are kind of excited about, especially um, for Halloween um, I always thought it's interesting when they release horror movies during other parts of the year, like during the summer yeah. or the spring, and it's sort of like, oh, I'll go see it, but it's not really in that like Halloween mood. Like yeah. it's not fall. Mm-hmm. The leaves aren't changing. It's not cold outside, and you know the fall time and Halloween coming mm-hmm. up that sort of fits that. You know, horror movies are perfect complements to that, and so. You know, sometimes I'll have one in like the middle of summer and it's like, I don't, I don't, I'll see it, but it's not super scary. But you're like, it's not that time. Yeah. But I mean, you know, obviously it's such a big franchise as you were saying. Yeah. That, um, and it's so, and you know, horror movies are so popular that you can't just have them all in October. But I I am excited for, for this one. Um, I, I think I am going to see it. Um, yeah, I probably, I'll probably. And I'm excited see to see how it holds up with mm-hmm. with the original. Unless it's, I mean, like, okay, like, I want to say the only movie that actually really scared me, I think it was, like, a psychological thriller, maybe. Like, I'm not sure what kind of movie it was. It was called, what was it called? Maybe you remember the name of it. But it was, like, they were going through, like, a wooded area and, like, their car breaks down, so they were at, like, the... Is it the Blair Witch? No, this isn't the Blair Witch. Jeepers Creepers? No, it was... And then they try to fix their car, and then they couldn't. Um, so they had to stay at this motel, and, like, somebody is trying to, like... It's, like, I think it's a couple. I think it's a guy and a girl, and I think, like, somebody's after this couple. Like... At the motel. And I don't remember who was in it. But it was like... I don't know. It really freaked me out for some reason. It just gave me like bad anxiety. Do you think that's more scary than um, just like a straight like slasher flick? Or... Um, um yeah. Like I think a gory... It's just, because like, I saw. know... Yeah. Okay. I saw Saw. And that was like... To me, that wasn't scary. It was yeah. just very like... It was very violent and very, like, bloody, which I don't, you know, I don't mind. Like, I'm into Quentin Tarantino and, like, his, like, bloody, violent stuff. Like, that doesn't bother me. But there's really no, like, scare behind it. Yeah, there wasn't. It was just kind of like, all right, like, do you want to survive? Cut your foot off. Like, right. you know what I mean? But, um, oh, that's what the name of the movie is called. I remember it was called Vacancy. Vacancy? Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Is that the one about the, um, it's like tourists or, um, there's Hostel? Okay, yeah, I've never seen Hostel. That one was scary. Was it? It really makes you think about traveling and, um. That is a Robert Rodriguez film, I believe. I think, I'm not sure. But, like, if it's Robert Rodriguez, then yeah, that would probably be, like, really scary. 
but it was vacancy. Let me look it up. Yeah, this is it. Vacancy. Yeah, it says a married couple becomes stranded at an isolated motel and finds hidden video cameras in their room. They soon realize that unless they escape, that they'll be the next victims of a snuff film. I think I did see that. Um, when did that come out? 2007. 2007. Yeah, yeah, I think I did see that. There was, um, yeah, sort of this element of, um, yeah, psychological horror. And um, and I think that goes back to when we were talking about, um, in our last episode, about urban legends and myths and sort of what makes those so scary is that those are very real situations. And, yeah. You know, there's stuff in the news, like different stories that happen, um, that have happened this year where people are kind of like, you know, their privacy is violated, um, hackers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that was a movie where it's sort of like, yeah, that could very much happen to people today, which makes it more terrifying. Yeah, and that's what I don't like. I'm like, this can happen to somebody. Like... Right. You know, and I think that's what gave me that, like, anxiety was, like, this can happen to somebody in real life, and, like, that really scares me, because I wouldn't want that to happen to me. Like, so, you know, slasher film, like, nobody's going to come at you with, like, you know, there's no Freddy Krueger with his, like, hands, his knife hands. You know, right. coming to get you in your dreams, like yeah. Um, some of my favorite horror movies, um, some of my favorite recent horror movies have been uh, ones that are kind of in the horror genre, but are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And um, like um, Get Out. Um, Get Out was more, um, I would say almost like psychological horror. Mm -hmm. Um, it has some horror elements to it, but, um, you know, it, it was more thought provoking and it's an exciting movie to watch and sort of, there's like this looming dread that hangs over the beginning of the film. Is that on Netflix? I haven't seen it. Uh, I'm not sure, but, um, it's really good. Um, if you haven't seen it, go watch it a classic mm-hmm. and it's um with a uh, jordan peele mm-hmm. is the one behind it and um it's a great movie and it's it's thought-provoking um he brings up different um it makes you think especially about social issues um race um class a lot of social and political issues especially right now going on right now in america a lot of those are brought up and not like overwhelming, but like um, it, it does make you think about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and when that movie came out, I was sort of um, I was I was surprised and pleased at how good it was, especially because um, he comes from a comedy background. Yeah. So when I heard that, um, you know, he's going to try a horror movie, um, it's going to be a little bit different. Um and I was kind of excited and intrigued, and I thought, you know, a, a like a comedy background is actually pretty good to have for horror because horror does have some comedic elements sometimes. Like there's timing and um, drama and all that stuff that's important to good um, mm-hmm. to good comedy. Like you can see it clearly 
um, was perfect for this movie. Yeah. Um, so Get Out is, you know, one of my all-time favorites. Probably one of my top favorite movies ever. Um, and definitely one of my favorite horror movies. Um, the other one that I really like is um, It Follows. And that's another recent one that's sort of... Um, they're already calling it a classic. Um, I feel like when you're calling movies, you know, classics, it takes a couple years and mm-hmm. it takes some hindsight to really give it that title. But right. it's a really good movie. Um, and it does have this sort of nostalgia and retro feel um, that we're talking about in mm-hmm. terms of like the fashion it follows is available on Netflix. Um, I would definitely recommend it. Another one that's really thought provoking um it's sort of this like youth teen um high school college aged kids and they're dealing with um this reality for one of their friends and um you know i don't want to spoil too much for it if you haven't seen it but it's definitely another one of those movies that really makes you think um and you try to piece together like how are they going to get out of this situation you know the the title's called it follows so obviously Mm -hmm they're being chased by something right um yeah there's some great scenes in that one and um you know it's one of those movies where they sparingly use cgi Mm -hmm. they use it for a couple scenes um but for the most part they don't really use it and i think that's what makes it even better because when a movie when there's too much cgi in a movie and you know not just horror but um you know, drama, action, when it's too computerized, it just kind of takes away from that. Mm-hmm, yeah. It kind of takes away from the movie for me, and I get pulled out of, you know, um, you know, watching it. Um, you know, it's sort of this immersive experience that film has where you're watching a movie and you're just in this reality of, like, the characters and the setting, and, you know, I love that about movies. And when there's too much CGI, it takes you, kind of takes you mm-hmm. out of that. They use some like newer actors, some younger actors, and mm-hmm. so um, I think they really you know chose the cast well. Um, yeah, and I think you know I think that's what horror is like becoming, where they're trying to push different um, boundaries and go outside of like the traditional like slasher film, yeah, the traditional like gory film, uh, paranormal Blair Witch style. Um, kind of movie Mm -hmm. but um yeah there's a lot of good ones out right now and um definitely excited for for that Mm -hmm. um i think also now's a great time too since we're talking about you know retro stuff um you know now is a perfect time if you're a horror movie fan like me to watch some of those old ones some of those old classics so there's just something about the those older older films that are great Mm -hmm. um yeah. You want to know what my favorite scary movie is? What's your favorite? Do you want to take a guess? Nightmare Before Christmas. I love The Nightmare Before Christmas. That's like yeah. a classic, a staple. Right. Like, a you Halloween know, staple. A Halloween I think staple. just a movie staple in general. Yeah, just like one of the movies that you have to see. If you haven't seen it, your life is lesser like, for it. You just, like, you don't live yeah. on planet Earth. Like, you just don't. Like, you've never seen it, then... You're not a human being. But it's so bad it's good. Leprechaun. 
Oh, Leprechaun. Like, Leprechaun yeah. is like... Oh that freaked me out when I was a kid. Really? I remember I was very young when I saw it, and it's sort of, it is terrifying. It's so funny. It's this little green it's Warwick creature, Davis. and he like, kills people. Warwick Davis and... was in Star Wars, and he was an Ewok. Yeah, and he plays the leprechaun. And also, this was Jennifer Aniston's first oh, movie right. ever. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston she was, was in that. She was in that movie. And it was just so bad. It was good. I mean, like... Yeah, there are scenes I'll agree, I'll where you're just you like, where the leprechaun is just, you know, he's he's comical. It's funny, but yeah. it's also it is a little bit scary. And... Yeah, yeah, he's just doing some terrifying things because yeah. like there's one minute where he's in the cabin or he's in the house and he's just eating all the le- Lucky Charms in the house, and then like <laughs> there's perfect. one day where he's like in his little leprechaun car, and like the police pull him over and he's stomping a police officer to death like wow. i mean it's just one of those things where you're just like what he's just like mischievous and murderous yeah and, i um... mean just like the the myth or the legend of like the leprechaun how like they're they're always chasing their pot of gold and like while they do it they do is that what he's after in the movie yeah he's, he's after, after pot of gold and does like, he find it i don't think he does, does i don't he remember die? Uh, I don't remember the whole thing. I think they like vanquish him or something, right? Yeah, but then he but has he comes like, back for another one. He there's has another like one. four other movies. Yeah, there's a sequel. There's Leprechaun in Space, Leprechaun in the Hood, um, oh with Ice T. I think Ice T's in that. Wow. Um, I didn't see any of the other ones, but I probably should. And... Yeah, that was uh, I had forgotten <laughs> about that one. That was um, I, I I saw that one as a kid. I'm gonna look it up and see like if they have it on Netflix because I always need to watch it. You know, you um you mentioned uh, Jennifer Aniston, and this was pre-Friends, right? This yeah. This was her first this movie. Was, yeah, was this was in 93. 93. Yeah. Um, I was reading an article about Friends and, you know, sort of what their lives were like mm-hmm. before Friends uh, took off. I think before they started filming and... They were kind of talking about, oh, well, we're not really sure. Is this really going to become a hit? Will people mm-hmm. really like this? And the producer, before um, before it was released, they all went out to dinner. And he made a toast. And he's like, well, you know, enjoy this last night of anonymity. Because I know for a fact this show is going to take off. Your guys' lives will never be the same. And they all kind of looked at each other like, this is they thought maybe people will like it but they didn't really get how big it would become mm-hmm. um and then obviously of course this the show just became really popular mm-hmm. and to this day you know people really love friends um but i think it's funny to picture like because I, I know she was in leprechaun and she had done yeah. other stuff beforehand and i think um her level of stardom and her in particular um just what what happened with friends and how that just totally launched her career and it's kind of interesting to see like jen and some of the other ones like Mm pre-friends and they're in these kind of like minor roles and maybe in a movie here or there but then afterwards um they just became the biggest thing for Mm -hmm. um yeah up until the last episode um but yeah i think that's so funny that she was in that Mm -hmm. yeah it was crazy and then um uh, Courtney Cox was in Scream. That's right. She was in movies. Scream. Yeah. She and um, 
David Arquette. Mm-hmm. They were both in that movie. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if that's how they met, um, but they were both in that movie. And then I think they divorced. Yeah, They're... they divorced, like, because they were married for a really long time. And yeah. then, like, and they I had think... a kid. I think they had two kids. I think they um, they they divorced, and it wasn't a particularly good one. I had heard that. You know, Jen and Jen and Brad had that whole thing for a long time. That's right. They were a big couple. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought Courtney Cox was was good in Scream, and that's another classic. Um, that's right. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that was a good movie, and some of yeah. the ones afterward were pretty good too. But the first mm-hmm. one was good. The first one's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because sure. it's got that whole like that classic scene where, um, which I'm gonna call it, the killer is talking to uh. I don't remember the name of Ju- of of the girl. There was um Nev Campbell was in that too, Nev right? Nev Campbell. Yeah, Nev Campbell was in that too. Like to... Hello Sydney. Yeah. Um, that was so just like uh, an iconic iconic um phrase for that. And then um I think the whole thing too cuz this is pre like um internet and cell phones and all mm-hmm. that. That whole dynamic was i think just made that movie that much scarier mm-hmm. um, but i loved that movie when i was a kid like that was just such a such a good horror movie um classic slasher film i think rose mcgowan was in that movie too oh was I she i realized that yeah drew barrymore rose was in um charmed also a, a show on um Channel 5, so was it WB? WB, Channel 5? Yeah, yeah, the WB. Charmed was a, another Halloween Halloween. You know, Rose show. McGowan does a lot of, like, horror or kind of, like, scary kind of things because she was in Planet Terror. She was in Grindhouse. She was in Death Proof. Yeah. So she was in Charmed. Um, she was in The Telltale Heart. I'm just then, going through her filmography. And then, obviously, now she's... um you know, an activist and mm-hmm. um, very politically involved. She was also in uh, Law and Order SVU. Was she? Yeah. You know, a lot of people were in Law and Order. And, um, you know, they say that Law and Order is like the place for actors now to start their career. Like they'll do an episode. Mm-hmm. They'll play yep. a villain or a victim. Mm-hmm. Like they'll just make an appearance. And like that's sort yeah. of like what you have to do if you want to make it in Hollywood now as an actor. You got to do at least one Law and Order episode, especially if you're not from LA and you're from the East Coast. I'd love if you're to in New be, York, you have to do a Law and Order episode. I'd love to if you be, an be a extra. serious actor. Yeah, you can be a an extra or a. That would be so great just to be a body like on top of a rock in Central Park. Just <laughs> that would be. What you know, I, I think want to do. that might be harder than people like give it credit for because you're there shooting for hours and you're just there lying there. That's true. I, but I, I would feel laugh like that the would be... whole time. Like they would oh, just you can't have to, laugh. They would just have to you like can't laugh. cut every five oh minutes because I would because like Benson would be saying something and then like Detective Rollins would say something over here on the side. Like you know, obviously they would write in there. Oh my the God. writers would have like their funny like you know something strange. Yeah, you know, um, I was an extra in. Um like an independent film a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Um, it was in L.A. And, um, you know, when I showed up and, it, you know, was there for the day. And pe- whenever people mess up, 
oh my god people get the video crew the directors the actors they get so upset if it's just like take after take after mm-hmm. take um and then especially if you're an extra where you're not even like one of the main cast you're members and you're just anything. like messing it up for everybody take 27 can we get it right this time oh my god they get really um they can get really animated especially if they're hungry like right before lunch or um <laughs> towards the end of the day because it was an all-day thing and I, I was an extra in this you know oh this god. indie film and we were there from like eight in the morning until eight o'clock at night mm-hmm. we were there for 12 hours in downtown la <laughs> And towards the end, people are just so um, not in a good mood. You know, you the day kind of started, you're a little bit nervous. It's your first time there. Not really sure what to expect. And, um, yeah. Um, That's so funny. But, yeah, I think um, that would be kind of a cool experience to be an extra there uh-huh. on Law & Order. I yeah. think that, would, that, that should be on your bucket list if it's not already. Oh, yeah. Like, if I were to go to New York... Like, I know that, like, you have to go to New York for school or whatever, but, like, if I ever went with you, like, I would, like, if if they had, like, a casting call, if they had something, like, I want them to find me in Central Park, just, or, like, something. Like, I don't want to be in a bag, because, like, there's then no they, way. They can't see you? They can't see you. Like, I, I feel would like have that'd to, be claustrophobic, like, too. Well, yeah, of course, but, like, I would have to pull, like, an I Love Lucy and, like, write my name on my bottom of my shoes. So they knew it was me. But, like, I like that's what I would want to do. I'd want to be, like, the, you know, one of the victims or, like, like I didn't even I have to have like a speaking a role. Like a coroner or, well, that's or true. people that work in, the, like, the tech lab or something. Yeah, or I could just be, like, an officer, just, like. Oh, then... yeah, there's always those scenes where somebody's, like, walking their dog in the park and they find something yeah. in the bushes and they're like, oh, my God, what is that? Or, yeah. Like, the dog is, like, sniffing around yeah. and they find like, something. Yeah, like, I'd be good at it. I'd be, like. You can use a oh no or like one of the huskies like Chewy or Lobo. Oh my god, no! He'd be the star, like, <laughs> and he would ruin. Take forty two. Can we get the dog to get this right this time? Because <laughs> it would just be like if it was Lobo, he would just cry. He would just cry the whole scene. But like yeah, to, I mean to be an extra, it's not you like know, you, you don't, don't have to be an actor. You don't have to be an Probably actor. Don't have lines, but you just stand there. No, you just stand there and try to be a normal person. It's kind of funny when somebody tells you, okay, act as normal as possible. It's mm-hmm. like, what do I do to be normal? Like, it's yeah. just like, a, you know, how do I stand? How do I sit? Like, you kind yeah. of think about all those things. But, um, yeah. Um, there's one more um, before we wrap things up. Um, you know, retro, um, the 90s. Um, you know, uh, one thing that people have been talking about has been, um, you know, if you're a fan of Marvel Comics and those movies... You know, they're really popular right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw Avengers. or I saw original Avengers. You saw Avengers. And then I saw, they had a sequel, right? Yeah, there's been several. Okay. Um, I saw the Avengers. I saw the second Avengers. I think I saw Iron Man. I think I want to say I saw about two or three different versions of the Hulk. Yeah, they've done. They've done. They've done several. It's kind Hulk of like films, a, a running right? joke now. Like every, yeah. the Hulk is. But you know what? I love the Hulk, and I think the Hulk is my favorite. He's so he's I'll, green. He's a big. He's green big giant. and he's giant. Yeah, like I think any Hulk film that they put out, I'll watch it because the Hulk is cool. 
That's what I think anyway. The strongest um, Avenger, the Hulk. Yeah. Infinity War. So Avengers Infinity War and uh, people, you know, it has a surprise ending. If you haven't seen it, I won't spoil it here. Um, I'd say maybe probably like 80% of the population have seen it and know it's a, it's a controversial, shocking ending. Wait, I think I know what it is. I think somebody told me yeah. what it is because I was like, you okay. know, just tell me because I'm probably not going to go and see it. Okay, so... Um, Spoiler alert. Like a two second spoiler to like pause it. Okay. Yeah, we'll do a if you if for some reason you haven't seen Infinity War, um skip ahead a little bit. Um yeah. so for Infinity War, a lot of uh heroes a lot of our heroes um they turn to dust. Mm. So um they get dusted. A lot of the original Avengers. So if you've seen if you've seen the first two Avengers, yeah, a lot of them survive. Um, and it's probably intentional because mm-hmm. there's some thought process about what's going on with yeah, the franchise after course. the ne- this next Avengers movie. But a lot of like the newer Avengers, the popular ones, uh, Black Panther, Spider Man, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, they get dusted. The Guardians uh, of the Galaxy get dusted? Except Rocket the Raccoon. He's still alive. <sighs> because trash pandas can survive through anything. I'm just going to point that out. Raccoons yeah. will last through <laughs> a nuclear winter. Yeah. Um, I really like Guardians of the Galaxy, so I was really <laughs> upset when they... <laughs> I, I, I like Rocket, and so I'm I've glad I've never survived, seen but, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. They all get, out. They get dusted. Yeah, you should see it. Really? Okay. It's really funny. It's, it's okay. It's like, of all the Marvel movies, it's hilarious. Let me tell you that I think the reason why I didn't watch so many Marvel movies, because I feel like they come out too frequently, and there's too many. There's a ton There's got to be, like, at least two a year. And I think that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, there aren't any... Okay, I know Marvel's part of Disney, but there aren't any actual Disney films that come out twice a year. Right. And it's like, I feel like there's more Marvel movies than actual Disney movies. I know they're the same. So they're heading into a second phase. After mm-hmm. this next Infinity War, um, there's going to be another... I think it's... Um, you know, there's some some different heroes, some different um, storylines that they're gonna play with, but um, yeah. So there's um, a follow up to Infinity War that's coming mm-hmm. up, um, and at the end of Infinity War, um, when half of Earth is getting dusted, so Thanos is the villain, and um, he collects all the Infinity Stones, he gets the Infinity Gauntlet, and he can destroy half the world with that, and he does, he succeeds. Um, and so half of our heroes are dead, supposedly. Um, and so heading into this next Infinity War, it's sort of like, well, how are they going to respond? Can they go back in time? Mm -hmm. There's different realities. So there's different ways to go about solving this problem. How do we get the, how do we get our heroes back? Mm -hmm. How do we get half the world back? Um, and then in the, um, um, the closing credit scene, so there's a bonus scene at Mm -hmm. the end. We see um, Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, he realizes there's a big problem going on. He reaches for this pager, um, and he he sends this he sends a page. You know, a pager. That's kind of a weird. Why, you know, 
That's very that's very nineties. Yeah, very nineties. Yeah. Um. So Nick Fury hits this pager, and he gets dusted. The pager drops on the ground, and we see, uh, kind of like a loading screen, and then we see Captain Marvel's logo come up. So um, and the Captain Marvel movie is going to be coming up in March of 2019. I'm excited for it. It's definitely, um, there's a 90s feel to it. I think we got a little taste of that at the end of Infinity War. Um, Samuel L. Jackson's using a pager of all things. And then we see more 90s stuff in this trailer. So Captain Marvel crashes to Earth and she lands in a blockbuster video. Another 90s, another 90s (laughs) callback. Um, So the movie's going to be set in the 90s. And then, you know, uh, supposedly we're going to see Captain Marvel. We're going to see what she's about, what she can do. And it looks like she's going to be key for this um, this last Avengers movie. Um, so I'm excited for that. I think I'm really excited to see how much 90s stuff they use for mm-hmm. this. Because in the, mo- in the, in the trailer, uh, Brie Larson's wearing a Nine Inch Nails tee. She's got like a, a leather Rad. jacket. Uh-huh. Um, she's in a blockbuster video. So obviously there's going to be a lot of 90s mm-hmm. references there. So I'm really curious to see how much of that they use in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that I, I know you're a 90s fan a little bit. I'm a little bit. It just depends on what it is. You like Nine Inch Nails though, right? I do like Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Yes, I do. So does that make you want to see this movie a little bit more? It kind of does. Like, I mean, the way that you described it and like, I haven't seen the trailer yet, but. It's a good trailer. Check it out if you haven't. Yeah. Um, it's it's very dramatic. There's very uh, there's epic music, um, some '90s references. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely check yeah. it out. This one seems like an interesting one. You know that goes back to this. You know, kind of to wrap things up a little bit. Um, you know, when you do throwbacks and retro stuff, mm-hmm. I think it works when it's done sparingly. And yeah, I think when there's too much '90s, too much '80s. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's never gonna be too much '80s. Like that's my favorite. <laughs> That's my absolute favorite decade. The 80s. I love so, 80s music. That's probably like, one of my favorite 80s genres. music. I used to hate. I used to hate, hate, hate 80s music. And then one day it was just like... Something clicked. Something clicked. And I was like, nope. David this is, Bowie. This is what I'm going to listen to forever. Actually, it's kind of timeless. Like some of it is like a little bit like, oh, yeah, that's deep, deep, hardcore electro 80s. And then some of it, it's like, you know, some of it like David Bowie. It's timeless. Like... You know, it fits into anything, so. When David Bowie died, um, this was a couple of years ago, yeah. right? Um, it was like, yeah, I was going to say about two years ago, almost two years three, ago. almost three. And um, they were playing some of his songs, and of course he's got his classics. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Let's dance. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Rebel Rebel. Yeah. Rebel Rebel. Um, Heroes. Heroes. Uh, golden years. Um, when when they were playing some of his music, some of his famous songs, some of his less famous ones, um, I think there was a lot of '80s nostalgia and a lot of appreciation for that time. Mm-hmm. And you know, not just David Bowie, but there's some great music from the '80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that's something that you know, everybody has their thing. Some people don't like the '80s, but. Um, I like it, and I think it has some good music, and um, I think it's something that won't go out of style, mm-hmm. you know. As you're yeah. saying, you know, as we're saying, you know, too much retro stuff can be a little bit much, but, um, yeah, music, I think, is to- a totally different mm-hmm. case because um, 
Yeah, there are some classics that are just timeless. And yeah. Bowie being chief among them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, on that note, I think um, we'll wrap up our discussion mm-hmm. here. Um, we talked about some good stuff. Some movies, some mm-hmm. television, some fashion. And like, we barely scratched the surface. Yeah, there's so on... much more that we could talk about. Yeah, we could um, talk about it for hours and hours. Like, Can they reach out to us by email? Yeah. Or... Um, totally. If you have, like, I mean, share with us your favorite, like, you know, 90s nostalgia um, on our email. Our email is... Right. So send us an email at grimglampodcast at yahoo.com. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on your favorite, uh, your favorite trends, some things that you're nostalgic for. Are you more nostalgic for the video games? for the movies, the fashion. Um, and what's your favorite era? Are you a 90s kid and you're all, you're a 90s kid through and through? Um, do you heart the 80s? Uh, or is it the 70s? You know, and given what we talk about, we talk a lot about the paranormal, about pop culture. It's very um, interactive. We want to be able to talk to you guys. Um, so send us your scary stories, um, your experiences. Maybe we'll talk about it. We've got some episodes coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd love to hear from you guys. And also um, for pop culture, movies, music, film, um, we want to hear your take on some of these things that yep. we're talking about. So you can reach out to us on our website. It's grimandglamorouspodcast.com and our socials are available from there. Send us an email, like, subscribe, tweet. Take a pic, take a selfie, if that's still a thing. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for listening. I think that'll be it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you so much.